Episode 47, He's Back and the High Speed Company. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. He is Jason Jennings, and it's so good to be back on the air with you, Jason. Dale, it's great to be back with you as well. So we've taken a bit of time off for listeners who are picking back up with the podcast. This is episode 47, and it's hard to believe, but it's been a year. And in that year, a lot has happened. So we've got a Wall Street Journal bestseller, The High Speed Company, with Jason Jennings' name on the front cover. Tell us about what's been happening over the last year. You know, the research and the writing uh, of The High Speed Company, uh, it's now eight books. And uh, this is certainly one of the most rewarding Uh, Because during the research and the writing, it it allowed me to frame a definition of speed. Uh, When when most people hear the word speed, they think, my God, I'm going as fast as I can right now. How could I go any faster? But where the book was born from was each year I interview about a thousand CEOs and high-ranking executives getting ready for speeches. And one of the questions I ask them is, uh, what's keeping you awake at night these days? What are the potential stumbling blocks could get in the way of your company achieving its full economic potential? And they said, look, um, uh, we need more urgency here. And specifically, we need more urgency about growth. Because if if we don't have urgency about growth, somebody will eventually uh, eat our lunch. And, and, and so, like many people, I thought speed was just moving fast. But I think the big discovery for me during the process of the investigation and research was really a new definition of speed. So would you say that definition of speed being urgency is the biggest single thing that you learned during your research? Or is there anything else? Uh, uh, the, the, there's, there's a number of them. But So let me take a moment and, and, and frame that definition of speed. Because speed is not just moving fast. Uh, speed is when a company can solve problems the first time, rather than revisiting them over and over again, uh, they're fast. Uh, When you can keep good customers from defecting, uh, by your very nature, you're fast. Uh, Last year, the State of the American Workplace report from Gallup shows that more than 70% of American workers say they are not engaged or actively disengaged in their job. If you could empower uh, and and gain the cooperation of those 70% of all people, imagine how much faster you would be. If, if you had a company where people were allowed to admit mistakes rather than covering them up for discovery later on, imagine how much faster you would be. And if you could encourage people to improvise, Dale, rather than wait for direction from the top, imagine how much faster you would be. And that's the definition of speed, I believe. So for the folks listening, it's solve problems the first time instead of trying over and over again. It's all about customer retention, engaging employees, getting them engaged, and actively disengaged, not something you want. Have a place where people can admit their mistakes and then improvise to make things happen. So I have a feeling you found some very specific companies where you saw all of those things in action on a regular basis. One of the companies that comes to mind first and foremost is a company called Henry Schein. And it's an $11 billion company. Uh, They do business in more than 100 countries around the world. 
Uh, what makes them notable is not the fact that they are number one in their marketplace, uh, and they're involved in the distribution business of uh, supplies to medical offices, dental offices, and veterinarian offices. But what makes them particularly noteworthy is they have the highest recorded employee engagement scores as audited by an outside research group, somewhere up about 98 uh, plus some percent. And they, they've cracked the code, getting uh, millennials on board to work with them. So number one in the marketplace, $11 billion a year. Uh, they're a hit with millennials and outstanding employee engagement scores. And, and that was where a rather unique process of discovery began and where we landed on, I think, one of the book's biggest discoveries. And that being? Dale, many years ago, every company uh, suddenly got on the vision bandwagon. They had to have a vision and, and they had to have a mission. And it's gotten to the point where the words vision and mission are little more than buzzword bingo. Uh, when most workers hear uh, the boss has had a, a new vision today or the boss has this new vision, they roll their eyes backwards. They've been visioned to death. What we discovered in the book, and, and we have talked about the word purpose before. I, I much prefer the word purpose. I believe that truly great companies have a singular purpose of, of what they want to be, who they're trying to be, where they're trying to go, the good they're trying to do. Uh, but in the research for this book, we squarely landed on something that says this. Companies that are truly urgent about what they do, that create an environment of urgency and get everybody on the same page. But they have a purpose built around doing something good. And it's that doing something good that really feeds the soul of the workers. And let me tell you one of my favorite Henry Schein stories. I was sitting with Stan Bergman, their CEO, and I said, what's allowed you to create this company, a worldwide leader, attracting millennials, incredible employee retention, employee engagement scores? What's allowed you to do this? And he said, let me tell you a story. He said, I grew up in South Africa and uh, a white guy in South Africa. And he said, the white people in South Africa were very good at hiding the horrors of apartheid uh, from the rest of the white population. He said, but my father was a doctor, and my father determined that he wanted his children to know firsthand the horrors of apartheid. And he said, from the earliest age of my life, he said, I knew I existed for one reason, and that reason is to end social injustice. Well, I, I, I must have looked at him pretty funny, and I said, okay, but I, I, I buy that. Who wants social injustice? I said, but what does being... Uh, in the distribution business, the medical field, have to do with ending social injustice. And he said, well, let me tell you one story. He said, there are like seven or eight million children in the United States uh, who, because of economic circumstance, have never seen a dentist. He said, that's, that's social injustice. He said, how hard could it be for us to go to our dental suppliers and say, you know, we spend hundreds of millions of dollars a year with you, so what we want you to do is make up a couple of million free dental kits. He said, how hard could it be for us to go to our dentists, who we thrill and delight every day, and say, we know you work very hard, but now what we want you to do is work for free two days a week or two days a month on a Saturday and Sunday. And he said, how hard could it be for us to take a modest amount of 10 or $15 million and get a program going called Smiles for Kids, whereby we provide dental care for several million children? He said, if you want to attract millennials, you need to give them a purpose for doing something good. And on and on 
it went in the companies we discovered for the book. They all share having a purpose, and that purpose not only has a commercial reality, but that purpose is truly built around doing something good, making the world a slightly better place. So one of the beautiful things about this podcast is that we give very specific, actionable things that people can do Go back tomorrow, put this into place in your business, and start experiencing a game-changing effect. So it's one thing for me, uh, the business that says, okay, I'm not necessarily a medical supplier. I am a plumbing parts supplier. What does this idea of purpose and doing good look like in my organization? What are some of the points that I need to have in place to make it work? Well, you need to ask yourself a question. So let's use that plumbing business. Why do I really do this? I mean, if you're only doing this to make money, if you're only doing this to exist, you're going to have a pretty boring, unfulfilled life. So what are you trying to be? Are you trying to help people live better lives? Are you trying to offer the greatest customer service in the world? Why are you doing it? How is your soul being fed? And it really takes the top dog to answer that question. It's not something you decide in a kumbaya meeting with everybody sitting around holding hands. I mean, it's really the top dog who says, what is our purpose of doing good? I mean, letting people lead better lives. I mean, uh, the idea of just the most incredible customer service in the world, uh, the idea of, of, of serving others. But you have to ask that question yourself. And then what you have to do, Dale, and let me give you these several things in, in quick order. Whatever you come up with uh, cannot be a two or three sentence vision statement. People don't remember two or three sentence vision statements. So first of all, it has to be very brief, four or five or six words. I think of CoBank, uh, the greatest, best-led, best-managed bank in America, where they earn in excess of a million dollars in profits per employee per year. And it's a big bank, a $100 billion bank. And Bob Engel will tell you, we exist for one reason, to serve rural America. Well, how many words is that? Four, to serve rural America. Henry Schein to end social injustice. Again, four or five words. So whatever your purpose is, number one, Dale, it has to be brief. Number two, it has to be memorable. I mean, it's got to be easy to memorize. It must evoke an emotional response is number three. People have to hear it and say, root out social injustice. I don't care about rooting out social injustice. I get what you're doing, but I don't want to be part of it. Or it has to say to you, wow, how cool. This company that does $11 billion a year makes all this money, pays its people extraordinarily well, and exists for a purpose of rooting out social injustice. So it has to evoke a very strong emotional response. And the purpose of doing something good must demonstrate great conviction. So unless it's memorable, brief, evokes an emotional response, and demonstrates deep conviction, you really don't have a purpose at all. You've just got a, a lengthy uh, vision statement or mission statement. But then the other thing we found is this, and we've all heard it only takes one bad apple uh, to ruin a barrel of apples or a bushel of apples. Well, what we discovered in, inside these companies is this. They get rid of anyone 
who does not want to be part of the purpose of what they're trying to be, of what they're trying to achieve. More companies have been destroyed by internal subversion than by acts of external aggression by their competitors uh, than any other force. So you have to have a company where everybody buys into the purpose of what you're trying to achieve, your purpose of doing well by doing good, and they want to be on board or otherwise doesn't mean they're necessarily a bad person, but it does mean they don't fit there. So let's go through this list one more time. It needs to be brief, your your purpose for doing good. Uh, it needs to be memorable. It must evoke an emotion. There has to be deep conviction out of that, and you get rid of the cancer. If you've got folks inside your organization who don't believe in your purpose of doing good, you've got to shed the non-believers. Excellent, Jason. It is so good to be back on the air with you. Thank you so much. We're out of time today, but I want to remind folks that if you will go to iTunes and rank us, give us a star rating. Hopefully, we've earned a five from you today. If you will leave a review in iTunes, just take a few moments. A couple sentences means a lot. Then iTunes says, hey, people are listening. People are paying attention to the Game Changers, and they will play it up higher in the order and make it more visible so more people can get a hold of this great information. And then uh, any final words for us, Jason? Uh, my final thought today, uh, Dale, is this. We've been talking about having a purpose for doing well by doing something good. If a business did nothing else but align everyone around this singular purpose of doing well by doing good, just imagine how much faster and urgent the organization would be. Excellent. Thank you so much. You have a great week. We'll be back with you next week. See you then. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.